Welcome to the Harbour City Podcast. We are a church in the East African port city of Durban, South Africa. Get to know us better at harbourcity.co.za or at harbourcitydbn on socials. We hope you enjoy this message. Morning, everyone. So we're talking on Psalm 42, which, uh, oh, I don't know if you've... Uh, Notice that from Tabani reading, not because of him reading. <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of downcast going on in this. And um, I remember when I first came to the faith, I found Psalm 42 really meaningful to, to me. And I found it meaningful to me because when you grow up in a Christian home sometimes, um, uh, sometimes, for some reason or another, just because you've gone through the ropes so often, uh, you know, the faith can look quite mechanical. It's like you go to church on Sunday, you do a certain kind of thing, you try and be a certain kind of person, moral, ethical, whatever it is that you want to say. But then I read Psalm 42, and as I read Psalm 42, you, you read about this hunger as a deer pants for the, the streams of water. So my soul uh, longs for you. And maybe as a kid, you sung that song or, or you've heard that song being sung. But like there, there's a passion there for God that I think I just didn't know of as I went through kind of uh, the, the ropes of growing up in, in a Christian home. And, and it began to mean so much to me as I realized that God is someone to be desired. And then I, I read in uh, John 17, verse 3, which was like a real eye-opener for me. Jesus is praying. Uh, he does this, this long prayer in John just before his time on earth is coming to an end. And, and in that prayer, uh, he says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That eternal life is not a destination. It's a person that God is someone to be desired, um, that Christianity is not just about coming to church on a Sunday, and it's really great to see you all here, and I think this is a good thing, so not taking away from that. This is a really good thing, but, but Christianity is not just about trying to be a good person or trying to be ethical or, uh, you know, coming to church and, and doing all the right kind of things, but that Christianity is about God and that he is to be desired. And then, you know, you, you get to, to this particular psalm, and I think at some point in, in our future, we will go through Psalm 42 and 43, maybe in a few years' time, you never know. But this is such an important psalm. It really is an important psalm. Um, and, and, you know, I was preparing for this week and I was hoping to talk on presence uh, because last week we talked on fear and courage and, and kind of the idea of presence being the antidote to fear in some, some sense, like God with us, helping us to have courage. Um, and then I got to this psalm for some reason and really felt that something of this psalm is important for us uh, to cover in this moment. And uh, this psalm deals with uh, 
a difficult moment. Uh, uh, the theologians will say that this was written probably by David's worship leaders. Um, uh, so David uh, assigned during his, his reign, he assigned a group of people that would lead Israel in worship. And this was probably led by David's worship leaders during a really difficult time when David's son, Absalom, had chased David out of the kingdom. Uh, he wanted to kill his dad. Really difficult family moment right there. Um, so going through a difficult family moment, David runs away, goes in hiding, and probably some of those aligned with David would, would have been in, in the same boat. Um, and they sing this moment in a space of intense difficulty. Uh, they sing this song in the moment of, in some sense, exile at, at that point, um, but difficulty going through hard stuff. As you read this psalm, you can feel the emotion in it. You can feel that uh, uh, someone is feeling particularly down. And so I, I want to look at some of this, and hopefully as we look at some of this, it can help us in our own moments that we're in right now. Um, so this is not going to be the joyful sermon. Uh, it's going to be hard to preach from this with lots of Joy and excitement, bless you. God wants you to be happy. No, this is, this is not one of those, sorry. Um, but this is a psalm that I think helps us deal with moments that are difficult. Deals with moments when we are in a place that we probably don't want to be in. I don't know if you've ever lived through your, your life and you've got to a place, maybe it's just at work, and you're like, yo, when I started work, it was amazing, and now I hate work. Or, uh, if we can be a little bit real, you know, when I first started coming to church, this was so easy. I loved it. I found it really easy coming to church. I found it really easy doing the Christian life thing. I found it easy praying. Right now, difficult. Not enjoying it. It's really hard. Um, I, in fact, I don't know why I'm here today. I would have rather been sleeping in. Uh, you know, like sometimes we go through lives, our life, where we find ourselves in a difficult spot, where we're not in a place that we want to be. We're not in a particularly enjoyable place. The psalmist is in that place at the point of writing this. They are in a really difficult place, a place where they're looking with longing time. Maybe you're in that place right now. And my hope is that this psalm would be relevant to you. And hopefully will on, on a number of levels. So a couple things about this psalm, a couple points that we can learn from the psalm, and then we'll do a couple of practical points. But number one is it's okay to be sad. Seems obvious, but I think sometimes in our Christian life, we live with this idea that to be a Christian means you have to be happy all the time. Um, and so we fake it. Fake it, you come to church and uh, you're dying inside. How are you doing? I'm great. Jesus is Lord. Blessed. Hashtag. You know, like, like, we, we fake it often because we somehow subtly believe to not be okay. 
But one of the beautiful things about the Psalms, one of the really powerful things about the Psalms is they give us like a window into the soul and they give us a window into people who are sometimes really joyful. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Let us enter his gates with praise. Like sometimes they're talking about praise and joy and celebration. And then sometimes, like this particular moment, they're talking about why, oh my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you sad? The spiritual life that sometimes we are not doing okay. Sometimes we feel a bit depressed, or as we talked about last week, sometimes we're struggling with fear and anxiety. Sometimes we're just not okay. And one of the things that a psalm like this does for us is it reminds us that it's okay to not always be okay. When he's prophesying about Jesus, when he's talking about the Messiah that is coming, he calls Jesus a man who is acquainted with sorrows. Jesus himself, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who could heal every person that came to him, the one that could five loaves and two fish into feeding a multitude of people, the one who could walk on water himself, who understood sometimes life is not always that cheery. I think if we want to live faith well, we have to understand this. We find that an honesty and a vulnerability, especially in prayer, Prayers or the prayers that just sound so cheesy, like they just feel too rehearsed. They feel unhonest. And I think that's sometimes why we don't pray is because they just, it just doesn't feel real. But when you read the Psalms, you find this real honesty, this real authenticity in prayer. People vulnerable to God doing okay. learn from this is that sometimes we don't know why we're in that position. You downcast. That's what the psalmist is doing. So asking the question, I am in this place. I'm struggling. It's difficult. As we get to some practical points, we'll try and look at some things. And the reality is, is that sometimes we're in a difficult place and we don't know how we got there. Sometimes you do know. So that's not saying all the time. Sometimes you know why you're in a difficult place. Uh, and sometimes you don't. Going, why have I just lost the joy for this? The fact that you've lost the joy for this. Sometimes you feel incredibly anxious and you just don't know why. About last year, there's fear. Sometimes you know why you're scared. Sometimes learn from this. We find ourselves in a place where it doesn't feel like there's any evidence of God in our life. It says, my bones suffer mortal agony as my phones taught me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? 
obviously his enemies, the person writing this enemies is looking at their life and taunting them because it doesn't look like God is at work in their life. I don't know if you've ever gone through a moment where you feel like that. I've gone through moments where you're going like, God, where are you? I just, I like, I don't feel like I'm doing well. It feels like everything around me is going wrong. It just feels like my life's a bit all over this place. Like sometimes we go through life we go through seasons in our lives, not only where we don't feel okay and we don't know why, but also as we look around, it just doesn't feel like God is at work. This psalm reminds us sometimes in the Christian life, it's okay. A period in her life of about 15 years, I mean, that is a long period, a period of 15 years where she never felt the presence of God for a single day in 15 years. And she just kept on believing and trusting God, walking through the dark night of the soul, going through seas where it feels like there's no evidence for God in your life. Okay to not be okay. Sometimes we don't know why, like we're going through a period of life where it just doesn't seem like God is at work. Reminds us normal Christian experience. Thinking that everything has to be good all the time. We all come to church every Sunday with great smiles on our faces, hashtag blessed on our Instagram, etc., etc. You know, if we're all going through that or thinking that that is the normal, that that's how we should be all the time, of what it's like sometimes to walk with God. That sometimes, as uh, St. John of the Cross wrote in that book, sometimes we go through the dark night of the soul. So he is, but sometimes it feels like he isn't. Psalm 42 is a great, powerful reminder for us when we're going through a difficult moment. You're feeling. Um, I sometimes wonder how we as a church are doing in South Africa for a number of reasons I wonder that. But I sometimes wonder if we're all trying to hide the fact that sometimes we're just not doing okay. And then when we're trying to hide it, we don't allow God to do the work in those moments that he wants to do within us. And we have to allow ourselves the vulnerability to open up to God and say, God, I'm not doing okay. God, I'm going to pray. So with this, going to long for you. A couple of practical points that maybe this is not the sermon where we say, hey, I'm going through a difficult moment. Don't worry. God is amazing. He's alive. Let's pray for you. It's all going to be better. Ciao. It often doesn't happen like that. Um, but this is a sermon, I think, to remind us that as sometimes life is difficult of the Christian life. A few practical things and help us. Number one, as uh, has been mentioned before, sometimes 
we don't know what the reason is, and we should ask why. Live in a blame culture, to blame everything. Every problem in our lives is external. Every problem is caused by something else. We don't like to ask the question why. We just know the answer already. It's because of the riots. Why am I this? It was because of that. Why am I like this? It was because of that person that said this thing when I was in school. Why am I like that? Oh, it's because of my parents, the tyrants, or, you know, like, whatever. You know, like, we can have culture where we automatically assign the, the problem to something else other than ourselves. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is that often our tendency is to never take responsibility for the place that we're in, never to own the place we're in. It's rather to assign blame to something else. So why am I having a bad day? Well, it's because Lisa irritated me yesterday, you know. It's her fault, you know. (laughs) You didn't, don't worry. Lisa's amazing. (laughs) Just making sure. (laughs) Um, No, but sometimes that's what we do. John Marcoma wrote a book called My Name is Hope uh, where he talks about his struggle with depression and that. And, And he says this, he says, obviously, you know, and Glenda will be much better at this than me. There's medical stuff and that around that. Um, he says this, he says that often sadness or anxiety or, or stress, we find ourselves in a place because it is, our, it is like God's way of reminding ourselves that sometimes our life is just not in sync. That something is wrong. Maybe part of our spiritual life is wrong. Maybe part of some area of our lives is wrong. Maybe we're carrying unforgiveness. Maybe there's some tension that we're carrying with some. There's some part of our lives that is just not in order. And it reminds ourselves that something needs to happen, that we need to take responsibility for some area of our lives. Um, I love unhealthy food. Love it. Love it. You can see a little bit of it, I know. I love unhealthy food. McDonald's, I could eat too often, or any chip and cheese roti, but some gravy sauce. Probably takes a year off my life every time I have one, but I love it. Happy when I eat very unhealthy. I can't explain it to you, like, but I'll eat it. I'm like, this is amazing. Two hours later, I'm so depressed. Like, I'm irritated with the kids. Like, I get so irritable. It affects my mood. Um, And because I'm just really dumb like this, I keep doing it. Because it's that reminder. It's that instant gratification. It's a reminder of how good that chip and cheese roti tastes when you have and You're like, oh, I just need another one. It's going to make me feel so good. Two hours later, I'm like... I hate my life. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but sometimes we find ourselves in a difficult place um, and sometimes that is our own decision. Is That if we never ask why, 
if we never stop and say, why are you downcast? If we never engage at that level, if we always are assigning the blame to the root of the problem, we never get to understand why we are at a certain point in ourselves. Why? We need to learn to speak to ourselves. Um, when uh, Verse 5 again, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Current situation that in God. Why? Uh, Rob Rufus a while back said this. He said, he says, I'll of our internal dialogue. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that, but sometimes the dialogue that goes in your head is so affects how we feel at certain points. So I, I get a bit like this. I'm not as good. I think Lisa's really good at this, uh, doing, you know, controlling your internal dialogue. But I get into these modes where like, the negativity just comes and you're like, everything's negative. You know, like a oh, cup of water. This is the worst cup of water I've ever had in my life. Yeah, sounds funny, but kind of like spiral, you understand what I'm saying, like everyone drives terribly on the road or uh, you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed it feels and your internal dialogue is just so unbelievably difficult or unbelievably negative, you're just like, oh, everyone's against me today, Every, you know, everything that happens is like the world is trying to, um, maybe you even just assign everything to the devil. The devil is attacking me today. Maybe he is, but maybe you're just uh, having a bad run. So linked to the quality of our internal dialogue. And sometimes what we need to do is stop the dialogue that's going on. Why, oh my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed to me? What does the psalmist do? He speaks to himself in that situation or to herself in that situation. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. I don't know what you need to say to yourself sometimes, but I need to say myself, uh, uh, I need to do this to myself. I have, I think, a struggle with my own identity. And at times I have to stop myself and say, Jamie, that is not who you are. The thoughts that are going through your head, you know, Jamie, you are loved. Your wife loves you. You know, you can think through like everything. Oh, Lisa was so grumpy, blah, blah, blah. you know, whatever, 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 you know, like, and that your internal dialogue just goes down. You have to stop and say, speak to yourself, your hope, God. The third point linked to this one, is that hope, powerful, powerful antidote to struggle. Movie Shawshank Redemption. There's that point towards the end of the movie uh, where the guy goes to the tree and the letter and in the letter it says, hope is a good thing, perhaps the best of things, uh, and no good thing ever does. The powerful antidote to struggle. Hope is the belief that what is coming will be better 
than what we are going through right now. You know what's powerful about hope is it doesn't actually change anything. It doesn't change the circumstances. Hope doesn't magically make everything right, you know, like, oh, I've got hope now. And look, all of a sudden, my car's working, this has happened, all these things that I was struggling with, all of a sudden are suddenly fixed. Hope doesn't really change anything in which you are going through, but it changes the perspective of those circumstances. Are people... Just because we serve, God has promised that there is a day coming when he's going to put all things right. Hope not because God has promised that by serving him, he is going to solve every problem you go through. In fact, that is never the promise. Jesus himself on, in, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane prays, Lord, if it is your will, take this cup from me. What happens? He drinks the cup. God doesn't take the cup from us. He still goes through the suffering. Suffering. Hebrews 12 tells us, for the joy that was set before him. Jesus goes through the suffering because of hope. Change your circumstance right now. It just means that the ultimate end of your circumstance is going about your life is going to magically come together as you come to God is going to, in the end, make all things good. Is really... Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put... Your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior. And is that praise is powerful in pain. It is the last thing that we want to do often. Go through our darkest, most difficult moments. The last thing that we want to do is turn our eyes to Jesus. Not here. That's even if we are praying. You know, sometimes we're just fussing through and we're struggling to find connection with God. What does the psalmist say? Not only does he speak to himself to put his hope in God, that hope, you know, speaks to himself to practice being hopeful, he tells, he starts praising God. Starts praising God. Just the verse before, he's reminiscing of how great days were. You know, he's thinking of those days when he was in the house of the Lord. He used to go to the house of the Lord. There were shouts of joy, praise. There was a festive throng. He's reminiscing on how great, you know, times were when he would go to the temple or, or when they would be singing in, in the temple. He's reminiscing about great of how difficult he is in. But that reminiscing doesn't stop him from praising God in the difficulty. He doesn't go, oh, look how great that was. I'm in a terrible space now. I can't praise God. What he does is he trains himself. The psalmist trains himself to praise God in the difficult moments. Rise upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful 
face and the things of the earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's something powerful that happens as our perspective changes from looking at the here and now, that changes from looking at the difficulty of the circumstance that we're in, and it changes to look at Jesus, the glorious King, Savior, God of God, Lord of Lords. As we look at Him, as we praise Him, as we change the perspective, it's like something begins to resonate with we need to speak to our situation. We need to praise. C.S. Lewis says this, which I think is really powerful. He says, every day when I look at the previous day, I feel like I'm taking a step backwards in the faith. At who I was two years ago, traveled a mile forwards. Sometimes the Christian life feels really difficult and it's like we're not moving, are you? As we look back now and we've trained ourselves to be faithful to God, to praise Him, to find hope, to to pray to him in our difficulty, to be vulnerable and open in our circumstances, we look back and we realize God has taken us a mile forward. So right, as I've said, I don't know what you're struggling with. Maybe you're not struggling at all. Maybe you're literally living your best life now. You are as happy as Larry. Don't know who Larry is, but you're, you're as happy as can be. This will remind you when you're not like that, it is okay. God is still with you, still at work. Some of us, we feel like we're in a difficult place, whether it's because of the last two years of, uh, you know, the challenge of the last two years. Maybe it's because of the uncertainty and the unsettledness. Maybe it's for a number of reasons. You just find yourself in a really difficult place. Maybe you've lost fellowship. Maybe you've lost uh, uh, connection to God. Maybe you've stopped praying. I don't know what's going on in your life. But as I've been speaking, something has resonated with you. You've thought, oh, my soul is downcast. That it is okay to be there right now. And that God is at work of you there. I want to pray for us. Can we stand? I think one of the things that the Psalms teach us is that we want to believe sometimes that coming, maybe someone praying for you is magically going to fix the place that you're in and probably not. Read the Psalms, you realize through anguish and through prayer and through pain, people travel through, uh, St. John of the Cross said, the dark night of the soul. Uh, and God in it. Or even as Tabane read out of Psalm 23, mentioned Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. What does he do? He leads me through 
the valley, the valley of the shadow of death, um, find ourselves needing to walk with God through difficulty and to walk with God through. And I want to pray for you this morning. If you're in that place, my prayer is that God is going to, that you will begin to experience God walking with you through pain, through the struggle, through the sadness, through the anxiety, through the fear, through whatever it is that is causing you this morning to ask why, oh my soul, downcast. We pray that right now maybe feeling like they need you, need you to come and meet with them. Oh Lord, I pray that you would come alongside them as the Paracletos, Holy Spirit, the one who takes us by the hand, the one who comforts us when we mourn, who lives through the valley of the shadow of death, the one that helps us through the dark night of our souls. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would come alongside, pray that you would be present. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to speak and whisper. I begin to give courage and strength uh, to people. I pray as some people have just not been able to speak into their own situation, as they've gone down uh, the spiral of, of thoughts, I pray that you would give them strength, give them hope, help them as they walk through these moments, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you are real, that you do not call us to, to not be real with ourselves. I thank you, Lord, that the scriptures don't tell us just about everything's together, but we see the rawness and the vulnerability. We see the pain and the suffering. We feel the sadness of of the people, Lord, that have walked before us. And we see how you, God, meet people in those moments. And so, Lord, I pray, meet us. Open up our hearts to you as we be vulnerable to you, as we, as we be honest with you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would meet us now, that you, Paracletus, would be with us now.